1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Welcome to this variant timeline of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and back on Fridays with me is the Comic Book Nation, really our core team, I mean, at this point. We have Matthew Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and our longest running guest of all time, Mr. Connor Casey is back with us again.
3: You could not handle being on Wednesdays. And where did that bring you? Back to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no joke. Well, today, Connor, I mean, he's not the man's not lying because today we have a lot of Connor-centric things to talk about. We have to get a preview of NXT TakeOver in your house And we have an NXT star here to talk with us. Women's champion Raquel Gonzalez is here and sat down with Comic Book Nation to talk about all things NXT. So we'll have that interview for you. Plus, we're breaking down our preview of this year's E3. It's been a weird year for all things entertainment, including gaming. So we're going to tell you what to look forward to at this year's E3 and what you can check out on comicbook.com gaming As we cover the entire event. But first, before we get into all of that, guys, we got to talk Loki. Yes. Yeah, please. (laughs) Let's (laughs) go. (laughs) I'm dying over here. All right. Man, sorry. Uh, So, Loki theories. That's where we're at. The show is out. It's premiered. We got our reactions on a Phase Zero podcast with Brandon Davis, which is now on Wednesdays, so we can follow up Loki. We're here on Friday, so we've had time to kind of absorb the episode. In Janelle's case, watch it like 45 times (laughs) and kind of put together some theories, some thoughts, and some kind of deeper reactions to what we saw in the first episode. So let's get into all of that.
4: Spoiler warning. Yeah, we're going to... Rich,
2: hit us with a spoiler warning because... We are going to be talking about Loki spoilers. Spoilers! Spoilers! So if you haven't seen the episode, I mean, go watch it and come back, I guess. Or just, you know, go away for about you 10 or 15 hear minutes. You can us and just
4: look at our faces. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, just giving everybody one last warning. We're talking Loki spoilers. spoilers. Loki spoilers. All right. So episode of one of Loki... Um, I dug it. It's kind of a weird mix really, but I I dig the mix. Uh, It kind of, again, like WandaVision in a sense, it kind of feels like it abandons the usual Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of formula and is doing something really different with this thing that feels more like, like a very cosmic version, almost of like the office or any workplace comedy, but with this really kind of intense character journey thrown in for tom hiddleston's you know variant loki and just some great comedy and banter between like actors like tom hiddleston and owen wilson as mobius and mobius and all of that but uh in the midst of all that this episode really quickly deftly, and lightly just basically rearranges everything about what we know about the marvel cinematic universe and its hierarchy of power and really just blows the door open for something really big and transformative to happen. So they weren't lying to us about that. And that's the whole thing about the time variance authority. Uh, The marketing for Loki kind of just played up, you know, like the workplace bureaucracy of this place. But the first episode really makes it clear in hilarious fashion that like this group and the powers that they're playing with to police the multiverse and protect this, quote unquote, sacred timeline makes the Infinity Stones look like toys. I mean, they literally keep them as paperweight trinkets in their drawers of the workplace. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and just pulling out Infinity Stones, which blows Loki's mind and everybody else's mind because we realize, like, oh, maybe this isn't the greatest power in the universe, and there and there are a lot bigger things at work. Um, Beyond that, big things we also got in the episode are the suggestion that Marvel Secret Wars has happened before in the MCU, that there was all of these timelines in the multiverse. There was a big war, and then they kind of centralized things uh, and, and made this sacred timeline. So that's a big deal. And there are all kinds of other little references uh, to things that people, if you know Marvel Comics, started to pick up already. We've gotten hints of, like, Kang the Conqueror and, and, being, and other dangerous criminals like him being out there. Variants and what variants mean from, like, multiple realities and all the ways that can play into the MCU. Um, yeah, and it just seems like pretty clear that this is a very pivotal series. So what did you guys think? And then real quick, and then we're gonna get into some of these theories. So, uh, let's go Janelle. Janelle, since you were very vocal on social media about your Loki experience, tell us what you thought.
4: I mean, I, I love Loki a lot. We did a quarantine watch party, um, of Thor comic book did with Brandon Davis, on was it wednesday night or was it tuesday night one of those nights we were watching thor the original thor and i was watching loki and i in his you know initial introduction of the mcu and i was kind of like what is wrong with me like why did i ever like this dude like i I don't know why i was drawn to this character i guess his arc was just really cool um And then luckily I just went right into this show and like just fell in love with everything that he is, which is he's mischievous. He's a little messy. uh, He's an egomaniac. uh, And and then he's stripped of all of those things that make him quirky and funny. And it's kind of serious. And I actually shed a tear while watching this episode. Um, I laughed watching this episode a lot Uh, just super intrigued as a walking or sorry, as walking dead as a huge doctor. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Doctor who fan. I have a TARDIS behind me. I kind of got some like doctor who vibes throughout it a little bit. And I just, I super dug it. Um, I think the chemistry between all of these characters is fabulous. Like it's just super well done. And on top of all of the like face value stuff, um, There are so many Easter eggs and like little nuggets of Marvel excitement that you can just dig into. I mean, even like the end credits are just insane with all these crazy like links and clues. And anyways, I think it's super intriguing. I think they did a fabulous job. It lived up to every expectation. And it is my number one, obviously, Disney Plus release so far for sure.
2: Matthew, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I um, could talk for an hour, by the way, about the show, but I'm trying to like condense no, I get it. it down. No, I, get it. I
1: totally get it. Um, <laughs> so, number one, I would just like to address: uh, I dust with a small brush. I saw the comment, "How do I dust all the things in the background?" <laughs> that's that's what I do. It's a small brush. Um, so, I feel like what Janelle said in the fact that this to me, there, this is the best. Disney plus Marvel premiere period has not been, has not been a better premiere. And I saw some people because like, of course, like some press got to see like two episodes and things like that. Um, I'm obviously only going off of the one. So, but from what I heard, it's kind of like this one was the one that was getting downplayed of like, well, it's kind of slow and this and that, but then like the second episode like really picks up and like, I want to know what like that episode is now so much more because I'm like, how did anyone think this will slow down? (laughs) I thought this was so good. This was compelling from like two minutes in to the very end. I was, and you know, I've said on the show, I did not care about the series whatsoever coming into it. This did not hook me. I am not like, like, well, no, I'm done. I was kind of done with Loki. I'm like, I'm good. I've, I've got all the Loki I need. I'm fine. I don't need a bunch more. And, you know, the timey, wimey stuff, cool. But like, it wasn't, it wasn't, clicking and this that's why I I went in kind of with just like you know it was one of those things right like impress me <laughs> and it and it did man it did it knocked my socks off I was I was riveted I love this like this has become like literally one that I will look forward to every week and, and the the sprinkles of MCU stuff is really cool I love like Janelle said I love how you got to see this like him just giving a great emotional performance watching what happened to his mother learning like how he's tied to that of course watching what happens with like his father and like all that stuff man that's that's great i, I they knocked it out of the park with bro this
2: they made you cry
1: about the second thor movie mm-hmm. i'm right and not in like the way that you typically cry it was like oh my god the potential oh. like it is like it's actually it was like legit this time
2: stop he's already dead <laughs> figure god all right yeah, I mean, yeah, they really... I mean, between Endgame and this, they have really milked... Rene Russo's gotten a really good look out of this whole thing. Right? Because, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah they're like, sorry about that whole thing when we killed you off and it sucked. Here, you, let's, let's let you flex a little bit. And, like, yeah, I mean yeah god bless it's that good, was, was good re, yeah marvel's really working hard to redeem thor the dark world in any way possible it's gonna but, do,
1: it's gonna be one of those things where you look back on it like five more years from now and be like oh man it's like one of the most important movies <laughs> in the marvel canon because like and still done we're all were the worst work you know oh oh uh, man
2: it's bottom five is it the worst no uh, I'm not for even. me anymore i think thor one's worse after just watching no? it what? Yeah. <laughs> the other oh, one is trash. Matt, no, Matt doesn't want to doesn't know. Yeah, I kept it positive no. for the quarantine watch. No, no I already the know. It's trash. Is
1: <laughs> And I know the
2: opinion is also trapped. Thor
1: two at least has <laughs> Thor and
2: Loki. Like <laughs> Thor 2 at least has like sequences of Thor and Loki being funny together. I mean, that formula kind of got pulled what from Thor. My worst? Yeah, man. I don't know. It used to be Age of Ultron. I'll tell you that. Thor Actually, has, has always been one my one. worst, and Iron Man 2 is a really close second. Those two oh, Iron Man 2. Yeah, that's the one.
1: Yeah. yeah I, it used to be Age of Ultron used to be in the bottom three. And then Anisa started watching it like over and over and over again. She just went on this binge of like, I love this movie. And like, so I kept having it on in the background. And I was like, man, you know, I don't it's hate the as much right as I thought I did. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the movie more.
2: All right. Come well, on. there you have it. Uh, Connor, you, you always bring some levity and sensibility to all of this nerddom. What do you, what do you think about? What'd you think about Loki?
3: Levity and sensibility. I want that on a t-shirt. Um, I, uh, I, I dug the hell out of this first episode. I think the, uh, the title of best premiere episode of any Disney plus show is well deserved. Um, This this one at the moment they announced it, I was interested about this because in terms of psychological depth, I think Loki is one of the top characters in all of the MCU when it comes to that. I think the other two were Thanos and Killmonger, and they're both dead. So with Loki, the big question coming in was how do you take all of this Doctor Who level time travel stuff and make people care about it? How do you how do you take all these complex ideas that Avengers Endgame toyed with when it came to time travel and have people go, you know what? I'm barely getting this, but I'm still hooked in on this because I care so much about this emotional journey. This character is going on. And I thought this this first episode handled that brilliantly with what people are calling. Oh, they made Loki watch the MCU by having him watch. (laughs) This is your life promo flash in front of them. I thought that was brilliant. Because it accomplished a couple of things. One, it caught him up to speed with where we saw him at the beginning of Infinity War, with reconciling with his mother's death, acknowledging what his relationship with Thor is really like. But then it dived deeper into how Owen Wilson said it, what makes Loki tick. And guys, we cover this for a living. We've we've watched the video essays and read the think pieces about what makes Loki work as a character. And this show sang all of the highest notes when it came to that. He doesn't have conviction as a villain. He feels compelled to play this role because of how he was raised and the relationship he has with his dad and his brother. And those are real emotions that people deal with. So when he goes, I don't like hurting people, you're like, holy crap, this show completely nails who and what Loki is. Right. So we take. So in one episode, we said, "Hey, okay, we've got these weird concepts that we're going to bring in, but before we dive really deep into time travels and variants and multiverses, we said we got to stop acknowledge who and what Loki is and why you should care." Excellent.
2: All right. Thanks, Connor. Beautiful. All right. Before we get, I'll move on. I just want to talk about some theories. First of all. One I have is that the point of this series, we'll see this right now. It seems like this variant of Loki's going on a heroic bend. He's going to, he's been reformed by his seeing his own death and the death of his mom. And he's going to be heroic. I don't buy it. I think this is Loki at the end of the day. And I think what he's really after is kind of getting his hands around this new power that he's kind of witnessed the TVA and kind of manipulating timelines and all that stuff. And I think his end goal will be to create to reinstate a multiverse. Right a place where he doesn't have to go down this path of, of a horrible life and and dying. And, you know, the God of mischief just wants more mischief. And so, you know, you spring open a multiverse and that's certainly what that is. Um, And I think that's going to be the, you know, like we said, these series are really just about creating these little costume changes, right. For the MCU, in this case, instead of a physical Loki costume, I think, you know, the, the costume change quote unquote, is going to be reinstating a Marvel multiverse officially something we thought WandaVision was going to do, but this show will actually do. (laughs) Somebody's under attack. Get down. (laughs) Um, My phone's blowing up. Well, that was awesome. That could have been like better time. Yeah, I know, right? Lady
4: Loki in the house. Like like Kevin
2: Feige knows I'm on to him. um, (laughs) Yeah, no, but um, I say all that to say, and and I wrote a piece about this on comicbook.com Marvel. I feel like this has been the linchpin of why certain marketing hasn't kicked off yet because Loki is going to establish this Marvel multiverse is now thing. I think we're not going to get Spider-Man no way home, no way home's trailer until very late in this series. And I, and I'm going to, and I've speculated it will be somewhere around episode four and five because Brandon Davis sat down with Tom Hiddleston and talked to him. And he asked a very good question of like, which episode of this series do you think will blow fans minds? And Tom Hiddleston in his professional Marvel way, just kind of like, well, I think things are really going to really get to fans around between episodes four and five, was all he would say. And I think that's going to be the point where this whole multiverse thing really gets blown wide open. And after that is established in the show, you'll be able to start to get marketing for Spider-Man No Way Home and being able to see, like, why are there multiple Spider-Men and all these people doing it? So that Marvel can put that out there without spoiling the turns of Loki for the people watching, but also start to market this idea of the multiverse and all this crazy stuff happening, while Loki still has like maybe an episode or so left to go, so people can jump into the series and get those final final episode numbers really pumped up and and make him look. Good, and by so.
1: the way, that's a good tease. See right there where he was like, I think it's going to like like that's a that's a good subtle, of course, like telling you something but not telling you anything. Mm-hmm. Tease. I think that's the perfect style of tease as opposed to Jedi level. Yeah. No, no, no. Because as people get in later today, sometimes expectations can play a part in how you take in something.
3: Yeah. Something ominous.
2: Go. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think that we're going to see, yeah, a lot of this multiverse stuff be able to kick off and, and what we thought would be happening in WandaVision is really going to happen here that the door will be opened, you know, and it it makes a lot of things make sense. It makes Spider-Man make sense. It makes what happens to Doctor Strange begin to make sense, and even something like Shuma Gorath appearing in the sequel, because, you know, poor Shuma Gorath couldn't get to our universe before, but now this change, he can. (laughs) Yeah, and America Chavez and what that, and and why she suddenly becomes on the radar and all that, and even why what if hasn't been marketed, right? Right, Because there hasn't been any what ifs Until there are possible what ifs and now there's a multiverse and what if, you know, also
1: it's and giving a shout out to the comments because there's some, there's some really good pegs here about like one who the hooded version will be, you know, uh, we're seeing all butcher in here, lady Loki. Uh, There's also look of all the characters to kind of do this premise with Loki actually is a great, is a great pick mostly because there have been, there have been so many different versions of every single character I mean, there's probably been like 90 versions of Hellcat. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Typeface face probably has a variant out there. Like, it doesn't matter what tier of hero you are or villain. There's been 90 million versions of you. However, some of Loki's are all, like, a lot of Loki's are really compelling. I mean, there's Kid Loki, obviously, you could also do. Uh, there's uh, Doctor, like, Sorcerer Supreme Loki, which is a really Let's fun go.
4: Sorry. event, right? That was a really <laughs> fun
1: run with the character. There's so many different versions that you can do. And especially when you start messing with timeline stuff. So again, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm stoked for it.
2: All right, well, that's our Loki talk. You know, we'll be doing some more theories and things as the show rolls on. You could also check out Phase zero um, every Wednesday right after the show premieres so you can uh, hear immediate reactions and things to what happens in that show. I think we're gonna take a break real quick right now because Matt needs some time. We're gonna get through this E3 breakdown. We're going to talk to uh, Raquel Gonzalez. And then we're also going to talk about NXT TakeOver in your house. And we got some interesting comics to talk about this week. So stay tuned for all of that.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bull & Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bull & Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bullandbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Every
2: time, I'm never scared. Now, my song for this is "I'm always scared." I'm always scared. (laughs) All right. I was trying to give Bone
1: Crusher some just some coin. That's all I was trying to do. That's all
2: I was trying to do. You got it. Yeah, two (laughs) thousands. All right, Matt, take us through E3. Oof, what man. is there to look forward to? I mean, there's been new systems out. Like, where are we with gaming this year at e
1: Nintendo.
2: So Direct. it's actually it's hold on, right. Okay,
1: so it's actually a perfect. Uh, we're kind of comic book nation is perfectly situated, like right in the middle here. We've already had. Uh, an event or two and, and some things come out Obviously Netflix is Adding to the gaming stuff because Of Geeked Week and like we've already just now uh, We're waiting on some stuff uh, But we've also seen like the new Our first look at the Splinter Cell animated Series uh, Far Cry is Getting some Cuphead the new show is Also being shown so like gaming fans Are like in for a, for a treat this week right hey. um, So we've already had Looks at Battlefield uh, twenty. 42, which is uh, It's it's an interesting one People were floored by the trailer It's kind of trying to go back to that Classic Battlefield Multiplayer, as many people on the Field, tons of vehicles Things like that, Um, it's going to be 128, I believe, on PC and then 64 Players on console The thing that's most interesting about it is that You would think now, we talk about I mean, geez, we've been talking about Batman Fortnite for how many weeks (laughs) Now, like, Battle Royale games Take, I mean, th- what they've done with Fortnite, and like it seems like every game now, Call of Duty, every game has a version of that, and Battlefield will not, which is really wow. interesting. There's going to be three modes, they've revealed one of them completely, and then there's a hazard mode, which they have, haven't really talked about yet, and then the third mode that they're calling like a classic mode for uh long time fans. But they've said clear out there's no single player, which is also an interesting choice, and wow. there is no battle royale which to, like that's it will be interesting like to see wow there's like there's respond. no game here yeah <laughs> but alienates
4: <laughs> a lot
1: it is a specific like all multiplayer but like very much hearkening back to that franchise's roots and that that franchise is very popular but I, yeah i am interested to see how it fares now in this current bubble we're in with just how people react uh, to games and multiplayer games so that will be interesting We also uh, finally oh go ahead Janelle, The sorry.
4: tornado the half son Josh Says tactical tornadoes that was insane
1: <laughs> That's um, awesome We uh, Also got a look at the Long awaited uh, Elden Ring which is the uh, George R. R. Martin <laughs> uh, From software Combo that had been rumored And even like uh, Jeff Keeley had like <laughs> oh, we knew it was George R. 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 Martin when
2: you said long
1: awaited. <laughs> it was long awaited. Uh, I think it was first announced in 2017. And it's just slowly been like, there's like, people reacted so, they went so crazy after seven seconds of footage got out. And like, so that's the kind of like, oh my God, we just want to see this game. And, and, and it hadn't quite hit Duke Nukem levels of, we just want to see it released, but like it was getting there. Right. So we finally have our, our first look at it. It does look gorgeous. Uh, it is very much a from software game. So if you like Dark Souls, if you like Bloodborne, that style of gameplay, you're probably going to dig this. Uh, A.K.A. Difficult. Very, <laughs> it's I mean, like dying like, a lot. Those <laughs> games aren't for me, <laughs> no. uh, but I do not, uh, you know, as as uh, I think it's Jeff Ganae says, like, I don't yuck anyone's yum. Right. So, like, if, if you dig it, you love it. Cool. It is not for me. I do not need that kind of punishment. In my life it's just I don't need it Uh, But it does look great but You know it'll kind of we'll be interested to see If it's worth the hype because it's been Building for so long those kinds of Things bring expectations in Uh, We also got uh, the evil Dead uh, the game which Before we move
2: on I'm with the comments Half said josh George R. R. Martin needs to stop playing with this stuff and get to work on Winds of Winter and get these last Game of Thrones books Whoa, out here. God. Like,
1: what are we doing? Is Okay, is that... That's never coming, right? Like, no. is that
2: hit? No. I it's Oh, yeah, It's, hey, been, it's a new trailer. decade since I've been waiting for that book to hit. Like, we've started a new hit, like a whole new decade.
4: Where like, do we I find it, what, Matt?
2: What's a scrap? Alright, so I've it your- in...
1: <laughs> I got Let's it go. in the uh, Slack channel here. Uh, we have our first look at season two of The Witcher. I am, Yay, I yeah. am stoked. Uh, oh, we got some Carimorin in here. We have Siri. What? I'm thrilled. Ah, oh, cannot wait. I'm so live so reacts. Uh, now, granted, it is a teaser in the truest sense of the word. It has 11 seconds.
2: <laughs> You're not going to get
1: it. done. Of like stuff I can't like deep dive on this But actually I probably could but like I'm not Going to like deep dive in this but it is Stoked one because that production had So many issues because of the pandemic Had the halt production several times So the fact that one it got completed Is sort of a miracle Two that it's this far along in post Production that we can even get a teaser Is also is also Cool so that's more I'm just excited It's a thing so you can definitely though uh, That post should be live on comic book right now or in like two seconds so you can check it out there uh unless we can put it actually like in the comments i don't know god i remember. love the
2: thrill of live reacts uh yeah mm. uh
1: so okay so I'm, I'm stoked i'm all jazzed now so moving back to e3 though um we also got evil dead the game um and this one does have bruce campbell as part of it i feel like he's part of every single <laughs> game based on this franchise but it actually it actually looks pretty cool if, if you're familiar with like uh friday the 13th um and uh oh is it death by daylight no it's not that one there's another one that was kind of the same sort of premise where you're working together to take down yeah dead by uh, daylight was it dead by daylight? okay mm-hmm. uh the creature and then though this one will actually let you play as uh that force because the main mode is actually you playing the like campbell and the survivors so um, it, it actually, if you're a fan of the, of the series, it looks, it looks fun. Uh, you can check out the trailer on comic book as well. The biggest thing with E3 though, is the stuff that's coming. So we've, we've had some leaks, uh, rumors, reports, things like that of what could be coming. One of the biggest ones is actually that uh, the makers of XCOM are making a Marvel game. And we don't like, it, that's really all we know is that it's literally uh, the XCOM-ish model, but with Marvel heroes. So combine XCOM with like Marvel Ultimate Alliance, that could be that could be dope. I'm totally up for that if that becomes a real thing. Uh, we also have uh, Idos Montreal's new Marvel game, uh, which has been rumored to be a couple things, um, but we don't we don't know yet. But that should also get announced. Uh, a lot of this stuff is going to get announced at the Square Enix presents uh, at E3, which I believe is not tomorrow, but the next day, Sunday. Is it Sunday? Okay, I think,
4: um, but don't hold me
1: to it. Not the, I'm not 100 percent sure. We're also going to get. Uh, Look at some other things. Hopefully people are hoping for Final Fantasy Origin, which is we've been talking a lot about Dark Souls. That is kind of Final Fantasies. The rumor is that it is Final Fantasy's version of that. Just a little bit more approachable. Really interested to see that one. Maybe not as punishing as from the same uh, team that made like Neo and those games are really well received. So fingers crossed. Uh, Halo Infinite is going to be a big one because as we talked about on this show, it did not have a great first impression. Um, nope. there was a lot of memes, <laughs> uh, and so the onus is really on them. I mean, it's going to be a packed event because, of course, this is the first event that we've had Bethesda since the purchase, and all that stuff's going to be there. And people are hoping, uh, for a look at all of what Bethesda has coming up and to see if some of those are exclusives or not. So, there's a lot riding on that. But Halo is the big dog, it will be interesting to see how much the delay has helped if it really impresses there because the open world gameplay people dug it was just that it didn't look like a truly next gen game so hopefully they can they can do that okay so i did see here i think it was connor was that you who put in zelda
3: yes
1: <laughs> what breath of the wild too
2: yes Stop. this trash game
3: Zelda games oh what? Games, my butt breath Come of on, the Toby. wild
4: is a majestic ride
3: it is a Woo! amazing game, and we had a teaser. Well, what we're almost at two years since that first teaser dropped. You know this thing is rolling out with the Switch Pro, Matthew. Don't it, don't like, think, you know. They
4: said so that was they're the going to reveal thing. the Switch Pro.
1: Right, that's the other one that has been the worst kept secret. In gaming, it feels like for like two months. Uh, we right. just, it feels like we know everything about it. I've been trying to get that stupid
2: old man's glider since Christmas. The game <laughs> <fresh. laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh my
1: plateau? plateau. I don't. Do you really think we'll get like, because Nintendo is notoriously slow when it comes to their temples and Breath of the Wild? So, it doesn't get more temple than Breath of the Wild, too. So, so do you really think we'll get new footage?
3: Yes, because here's the thing. When it comes to Zelda, the Zelda franchise, they love to reinvent the wheel. They love to build the system from the ground up. The only exceptions are when they use the same system and the same art style and go, "Okay, we're going to tinker some things around and release a new game. We got it with Majora's Mask back on the 64. We've had it with the handhelds. It's what we're getting here. The, what we know about Breath of the Wild 2, first of all, the fact that it is definitively a sequel. If you know anything about yeah. Zelda is that they love to jump around different time periods, give you a different link, a different layout for Hyrule, a different situation. They love to throw in gimmicks. This is definitively a sequel. It is definitely going to be on that same massive world map. So takes a lot less time if you're not having to reinvent the wheel when all they're really doing is moving some things around the map. Telling a different story, which I'm good with because that's what the first game lacked was a in-depth narrative. The reason I'm so determined that we're getting more footage about it is because, A, the timeline matches up. We're four years removed from the initial release. And if they're going to launch the Switch Pro, don't you want to tie it in with a game that looks just perfect on it instead of just re-releases of Odyssey and the first Breath of the Wild? Yes, why not this? I don't think that Donkey Kong game that's getting made by the Odyssey team is going to be done in time. <sighs> this is the only real tentpole thing that we know. Hey, there's a good chance this gets dropped the same time the Pro Switch drops.
1: I agree. I, I I think you're right. We will get something. I don't know what we'll get, but I but I do think because they are using some of the same engine and they're used like it's not like a full revamp. So like no. I think you will actually, we, we might get that Zelda sooner than later. Hashtag,
2: hashtag not my Zelda. I did not I know Kofi was like Kofi, so salty. Kofi's a something. hater, but here's I the reality.
3: I think that that and the Switch Pro is what's going to win uh, Nintendo E3 this year. Um, because the titles we've seen elsewhere, there's nothing that's got me jumping out and saying, boy, I really need to go and wage war on eBay or in the uh, in the online Walmart checkout line. Uh, for for a new Xbox or a PS5 right now, there's nothing has hit so far that's made me go. I need to get that console. You get that if Zelda, I, Breath of the Wild Two comes out, I will be first in line for a Switch Pro. I'm not the biggest Zelda person either. I don't hate it, but I am not the biggest Zelda
1: person either. I will I will go there. Uh, real quick in the in the comments, um, I think I spotted. Uh, yeah, casually cosplaying. So um, XCOM essentially is like. It's a turn-based strategy game. You have a uh, army of or a force of players and typically you can like give them custom names and whatever. It's kind of to help you bond with them so to speak. And XCOM a big thing of that is permadeath. Uh so like if you lose them, they're gone. Now, I imagine we won't see that with Spider-Man. I don't think Spider-Man's going to die on the field, but maybe like, you know, there's a prolonged period like where you can't use him in a different mission if you know, he's down in one, so maybe they'll, they'll play with that. Uh, but, you know, it's typically like a third person sci-fi shooter. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how they adapt this style to Marvel. But I think there's plenty of, of room there. Um, and also, I saw a thing about Kingdom Hearts. I, I don't look Square is, you know, we're also probably going to get a look at like For, uh, Forspoken, I believe, is that new game uh, that they kind of previewed last time around. Uh, maybe Final Fantasy 16. There's a bunch of stuff that they have kind of in the hopper, maybe new Outrider stuff. Uh, but we should get that this weekend. But that is pretty much E3 is huge. But that's pretty much what we've got for E3.
2: All right. Thanks, Matt. Now keep talking about comics.
0: <laughs> I
2: took a sip. I took a sip. Um, so uh, for this week, uh, we went
1: with we've got one. For DC, one from Marvel. Um, let's start with DC Pride. Uh, like some of they've done with some of the other kind of big one shots. It's just like an oversized issue has a bunch of short stories. And of course, it focuses on LGBTQ and a lot of the, the characters in the world that don't get as much shine and some of the other series get a lot of love here. In fact, including, and by the way, spoilers. This is nice on Friday now. I don't have to be – I feel so bad about spoilers because it's been a couple days now, uh, so mostly everyone's read it. Um, you actually get uh, Supergirl, uh, CW Supergirl story in here, and from what I understand anyway, it's, it's considered canon. Um, so that stuff is here. Everyone – like some of these are going to be hit and miss. And everyone's going to love each one. I three My three favorites uh, were Try the Girl, which was the Renee Montoya question i will always – Highlight of Renee Montoya question Story, but I thought it was just like really well done It's a shorter one, but again It's just, it's just a really fun Back and forth banter uh, Vida Ayala did this story And also the very The incredibly excellent Static Shock Season 1 that just came out as well So definitely check that out too um, Also the Harley-Ivy story uh, Was, I thought, again, was was fun and, and they have some fun with the whole couple demo of those two And, you know, sometimes DC is always kind of stepped around stuff in like their movie worlds and TV worlds of whether that's canon or not, you know, like uh, the Harley series is a perfect example. So like this is just cool to put that on a pedestal and highlight it. Uh, And then the Alan Scott story, which again, Alan Scott, we talked about, I think it was Infinite Frontier, uh, was like kind of his official coming out and and letting the world know. But here is just a really great story with like him and his son, and he's meeting like his son's boyfriend for the first time, and you know because all these things kind of come up. And I I just thought it was really well done. I thought if you're you know whether you're a longtime fan of the character or just someone new, I thought this made that character approachable in a very cool way. So that was that was me on DC Pride. Uh, what story stuck out to you guys?
4: Oh gosh, uh, it, same really. Uh, it was <laughs> it was Harley and Ivy. And then of course, yeah, this one that you just mentioned, I loved the father son dynamic. The end felt a little abrupt. It was just like, okay, forgive me. Let's hug. But, (laughs) but it was, but, but honestly, just as a whole, it felt really good to see a lot of these small stories play out. Like I know it's not easy to get an entire, you know, book in just a few pages. I feel like they did a great job. Um, on a lot of different stories and it the artwork in between like the the one shots of like just beautiful drawn like the ivy and harley really pretty drawing i mean they just did a lot of really cool stuff in there and it wasn't like on the nose um a lot of things were just like hey we are heroes and we're part of this community check us out and it was i just thought they did a really good job i really enjoyed this entire uh book for sure
2: Yeah, it's really fun. Kofi?
4: Yeah. Um,
2: I think that the stories that they kept really kind of tied and grounded to the characters were really good. Uh, The Renee Montoya one, for example, um, the Aqualad one was, well, Aqualad one was kind of on the line for me. Uh, The ones that they just used as kind of just like a public PSA were kind of less enjoyable. Like the Batwoman one was very heavy handed. About, you know, growing up with your identity and, you know, your gender identity and all of that was very, very heavy handed. Um, the Alan Scott one was a very good one because that felt like, again, like an organic piece of mm-hmm. that character's story. You know, having, after he's come out, kind of having to deal with this complicated relationship he has with his son, on this level of of their sexuality and all that was, it's an interesting Alan Scott story. Yeah. Um Same thing It took me a minute To figure out what Dreamer was Because I wasn't familiar With Supergirl And I I had to kind of like Go and figure that out Because I was like Wait a minute Why is this in here And then I got I got the background on that um, Which was also very interesting About that character but, um, yeah, so, like I said, the Harley Quinn and Ivy one is just, if you're a fan of Disney, of DC's Harley Quinn, Disney's Harley Quinn, Jesus, of <laughs> DC's Harley Quinn. <laughs> they like, own everything else, Cody. That was going to yeah. you. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, again, that was very good about them just having the relationship talk in a way that only Ivy and Harley can. So there was a there was a good thing. I think what this book did is in a kind of very, and they did a great introduction about this in the beginning, it's just in a kind of, very roundabout way showing you how long and how deeply, you know, LGBTQ plus culture is been woven in the DC universe. Uh, this isn't just, it was very anti the people online who would say, oh, this is just like woke culture or just, you know, DC pandering to, you know, social justice warriors. And, and it was really, no, it was kind of more, and there were some parts of that that felt like that. I'll be honest, but like a lot more of it felt like a celebration of how long this universe has had characters in this community and this culture and them kind of reflecting on that and, and showing often how how exciting and, and fun these characters can be even beyond their sexuality. Uh, and so that was a, ver- a job very, very well done. So I actually kind of really appreciate and enjoyed it. So good book. On, on the yeah. whole it's, I think this is one of the best like collections Yeah they've done. I mean yeah, we've done A couple of these and this was fantastic yeah. It's better than the black and white stuff So
1: <laughs> uh, Connor do you have a chance to read these or not? I didn't know I didn't want to leave you out if you did
3: Haven't had the chance No
1: worries. Yeah, like, no, I'm also I'm breaking good. news again We need a siren Breaking news so uh, CD Project Red and The Witcher Twitter accounts did a thing this morning Where they were like teasing this release date but no one knew What it was they didn't say what it was. They just said a release date of July 9th. Well, now we know what it is. It is the first ever WitcherCon. Con. Boy, this is like my day. All right. This is <laughs> what we were expecting, too. Uh man. Yeah, I mean, it's uh July 9th, 20. I'm reading, I'm seriously just reading the tweet. Uh bearing <laughs> more powerful than silver and steel, Netflix and CD project. We're so excited to celebrate our Witcher family and bringing you the very first WitcherCon Con on July 9th. Here's the thing, a- and it has popped up. Do uh do they do they tease Witcher 4 or the next spin-off game or whatever in the core series?
3: And if I'll they do, what they,
1: does it piss off every cyberpunk?
3: I'll <laughs> tell you what they ever. do is they, they say, OK, now here's the real cyberpunk. That thing we released last year was a prank. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, and boy, is Henry Cavill in everything now? Someone did bring that up. Yeah. Easy Out brought
2: up that the Mass Effect thing. And he's tied he to the Highlander be. movie.
1: And he's now in Witcher, like Superman. Good lord, man. Yeah, be- Henry Cowell's out
2: to get that Comic Con money. He's not playing around. If they do
1: a Warhammer movie, how is he not in that too? Like
3: at this at this point, just make him bond. Like I know we all want Idris Elba, but oh man, at, oh, at this point I name, Elba so bad. At this point, name a better British actor for the role oh man yeah i can't i can't i
1: can't uh so all right so that detour aside moving over to marvel and x-men number 21 uh i love how we've talked now uh, about a couple of x books that have all danced around the hellfire gala but like we actually haven't had it yet it's and it's always surprises me how these issues can still bring something substantive to the table without you really knowing everything you know i mean they're just kind of dancing and we have time jumps and things like that uh but this is the first issue where we got to actually see like the election play out in story obviously it was played out before uh and we see the new team and and how they interact with people and then of course there's a tease for the planet size x-men that is coming and that also kind of ties to what uh, a couple issues ago when we were talking about um the reveal where it was kind of like everyone left the party like well good luck on that like you you've shaken up things people are kind of wondering if that has to do with the planet size like do we see them (laughs) do we see them starting their own planet or something like that there's all kinds of theories already out there about what that is uh that is all teased here uh also you could say that this issue is the like star-studded event of the marvel year since like every i think actually is george in this one too
2: yeah george R. R. martin's yeah, in the splash page of uh 11 p.m exodus and people are kind of <laughs> leaving the party he's in the he's background in he's not writing so that's that's <laughs> yeah that, that same piece of artwork also has so eminem weird. in a hoodie and a and a cap method man from wu-tang clans in there uh somebody i can't recognize with a bald head i forget i don't know who that guy is uh Pat Oswald, I think, is in the foreground. I think that's, that's who I thought that was. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which would make yeah. sense because So, yeah, um, there's a lot of little celebrity show ups. And of course, we get Kevin Feige in the issue, which is amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, and a full on moment, too. Not just like, hey, who's that? Like, it's a legit thing. And we have that crazy, surreal moment where S- Scott is like explaining.
2: Who he is to him. It's there's a lot get of meta this movie popping, man. Yeah. There's a
1: lot of meta yeah. stuff in here. So
2: you uh, didn't know that Kevin Feige does real research for these movies, yeah. like going into <laughs> Marvel Comics and being like, psycho, tell me who you are. What did you think
1: of the issue then, Kof?
2: I think the Hellfire Gala, and I've been looking at the comments here. It, I mean, I think all of these Hickman crossovers have been weird, man. But like weird in a way that I'm enjoying. I, I mean, like X of Swords was you know, not at all what we expected. We expected just a straight up fight and tournament. It was a lot of like talking and game playing and dinners and whatnot. And this is very much that. And I, and I like the kind of weird Rashomon approach that they are taking to this. Uh, if you don't know that reference, Rashimon is, you know, ancient Japanese story. Anyway, it's about different versions of the same story that reveal, you know, both how people see things and differently and how you kind of get the truth out of the middle of stuff. Um, it's very much like that. Um, and this is what this is, right? So every chapter of the Hellfire Gala is the same night, the same events told from their perspective of these different X-Men books. And so I've actually really enjoyed it because I, I feel like there's a lot of comedy at the forefront of this and like, you know, the, the outfits and the banter at the party. And if you don't know anything about like writing, one of the most challenging things, if you're like a creative writing and write stories is a party scene. They are some of the most difficult things to pull off because people come to parties. There's all these agendas, all these feelings, but they're always kind of buried beneath banter and ceremony and all this other stuff going on. And there's a lot of that. Like, this party is pretty wild. Like, there are people planning really bad things for mutants. Uh, Emma Frost seems aware of all this. She has brought all these people together for an agenda. Everybody in this place is plotting from, like, fellow X-Men to X-Force and Beast and, you know, the Hellions. Like, everybody's doing something different that they're using this party for. And it has been kind of interesting. Um, this one, ironically, was probably the least interesting chapter I've read so far. Uh, but it was still good because we still got the introduction. It had the spectacle of the new X-Men team and, and all of that, and which is a, an exciting combination of people. It, it is one, and interesting about how how they're kind of approaching this team which is a lot of these kind of fundamental elemental powers like sunfire or polaris and then people who can or wolverine and you know and then people who play with taking on different powers like rogue and sync so i'm kind of interested to see how this goes um but i've been enjoying it because there is enough kind of funny scenes mystery and intrigue to kind of pull you through this story And to see like what everybody's end agendas really are for this party. Yeah, very much so. Janelle, what do you think?
1: I know, I know the X-Books aren't your favorite.
0: Yeah. (laughs)
4: Um, I will say that getting to hear both of you kind of summarize helps me understand it (laughs) a little bit more. I kind of just felt like, where am I? Why am I here? Why is Kevin Feige in this comic? <laughs> I'm so freaking confused. I didn't even catch on Eminem being in there. Like oh, I, I felt very, very confused reading this book, Um, but happily confused. It was interesting. It was pretty to look at. Uh, I, I don't, I, I guess because of my background with the types of shows that I watch and stuff, I'm just waiting for like, everyone to be a bad guy like this whole hey we're all synced in our minds like oh th- someone has mind control here and everyone's gonna go on a killing spree like that's what I'm thinking is gonna <laughs> wow, happen so dark yeah I don't, so it's kind of hilarious if you don't have a background in X-Men you don't know all these characters what their powers are and you think, you know, X-Men and then you start reading the comics and you're like, I have no idea. I only know Wolverine with the big knives coming out of his hands. Like it's it's really funny because just when I think I'm I'm kind of up on my comic book knowledge and I'm really putting in the work. I read an X-Men comic and I'm like, I am an idiot. <laughs> like,
2: I oh, dude, it's OK. This is not a jumping on point. Let's right. just be clear. Oh no. Hellfire Gala is like a culmination of all these If you didn't read all the X books and you just read House of X, Power of X, and Ten of Swords, this is like the next culmination of all that. It is very rewarding if you have been reading each book because there is a lot of what happened in those books that builds up and culminates with this gather yeah but it is um, the adverse
1: no, no. of new reader friendly
2: it is but not before we get out of here and go move on to other things i mean we we haven't touched on the most important thing this book does which is provide one of the most boss ass namer scenes yeah that you've ever seen in comics which namer just pulls the <laughs> ultimate flex on both professor x and magneto in this conversation about like joining Krakoa and joining their quiet council, and he's like, I'm a real king, snitch. I don't need this fake nation. What are you talking about, bro? You know, yeah, you know, he just like neighbors. What goes, is, like, I love the part flex. where he
1: where he says, What like I have 70%
2: of the earth? What do you have? An island? Like he's
4: yeah, <laughs> yeah, I got that part, and I, I have dominion over
2: seventy percent of this planet, gentlemen. You can currently control what an island. island. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was great drop. Oh my god! Oh. He says, "Get back to me when you have something more to offer." Yeah, Ooh. that's it. Oh, and then god. you had this like nice little Illuminati reference, visual reference. Yeah, that was too. good. He goes and joins Iron Man, Mister Fantastic, Black Panther, and Captain America. Like, yeah. So there's a lot of great subtle things in here, and just a lot of the scenes. Like, Hickman, I mean, at least he lives up to his word. Like, he just likes playing in these scenes of the X-Men's world, right? And this new right. kooky setup that he's created. And just having them do everyday kind of socio political interactions with this is, is funny. And it's still entertaining. So, I'm digging the party of Hellfire Gala. Yeah, no.
1: that's uh, So, yeah. So, that's comics. Uh, there was a lot of other stuff this week. Uh, but we need to get to some wrestling. Um, yeah. Question: Do we want to, because we had a certain way, but with all the breaking news and stuff, do we want to flip or do we want to keep how we had it? Like, do we want to go into the interview?
2: Why don't you and Connor break down NXT, take over your house, so you people have some context, and <laughs> then, then we're gonna season. get to uh, Raquel Gonzalez. Does that work?
1: And, yeah, because there's one thing we talk about in the interview where I can I can bring up, so we can talk about that, uh, and it'll be interesting to, to so you can see what she
3: has to say after that. So uh, yeah, sure. let's launch into uh, some NXT. But first Matthew, you must acknowledge me as the comic chief, That that that's how it is now. That's how this works. <laughs> acknowledge <laughs> me. Acknowledge me. God, God. God I, it's so I, I lame. Love it sounds
1: so lame, but he sells it, man.
3: I love Roman, but when he says it, you're like, this is terrifying.
1: Yeah, but he this. says it all cool. Like acknowledge yeah. me. Like he says it all dope. Like but then I, don't, then I don't have that. He says that.
3: it on the treadmill and you're just like, I, uh, okay, dude, I get it. You do cardio, but I, I don't need I don't need you to cut a two minute promo <laughs> while you're getting your that getting your shows how good he is, though, dude.
1: He never broke pace, and he still delivered a convincing promo.
3: I'm special, but anyway. Enough about Roman Reigns. <laughs> Let's talk some NXT takeover in your house, not just taking over Woo-hoo! your house. Um, it is this Sunday, it's at the Capitol Wrestling Center. Matt, I'm not going to lie. I know this is your brand, but I feel that this show lives and dies off of its main event. And that main event is Karrion Cross versus Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunn. And I know I'm forgetting somebody else. Who's the fifth? Johnny Gargano. That was it. How friend, dare friend of you? Forget the show? Forget of the, the show, oh so what, Of course. We got a five-way here. How do you feel about this one? Because I am... I've been lukewarm with Cross's title reign. I was lukewarm with the first title reign as well documented on this show. I've told you my issues with him and the the ill-defined character that he has. And I can't tell if this is this is how we get the title off of him and this protects him because he doesn't have to get pinned in order to lose it. Or if this is their way of saying, hey, we're going to have this guy beat all your favorites so we can prove just how dominant he is.
1: So one, I think,
3: okay, well, two things.
1: I don't, I don't think he's losing the title. So I, and, and having five people in the match, yes, means that technically you could do the whole, I'm going to a beast, but more than likely, it just means that there's one person in there that's going to have to take the pin and kind of eat it. And you sort of protect everybody else because like, you can always have any of them come back and go, Well, that was I was battling four people now one-on-one, right? You, there's always that explanation. Yeah. You can get away with that. So only one person really needs to eat that pin. And what well, we that just person, got off we
3: just got off of a Roman Reigns WrestleMania main event where he stacked them. Right. And I'm terrified I that they tried to the, repeat
1: but I, that's true. That is very true. But I don't think one, I think just the sheer numbers. You would be squashing four people as opposed to two who one is kind of you know near retirement deal ending doesn't know what he really wants to do and another one just needed time off so mm-hmm. like the scales, a little different right so i i think it would do more damage here so i don't think he's losing the title i think it just gives them flexibility in the story um i've i dig crosses like kind of pseudo you know supernatural anti like you don't you don't know really where he falls but i kind of dig that uh ambiguity so to speak Mm -hmm. um so i i'm cool with this i don't think it's just going to be them though i think there is going to be some sort of interference from either either balor or something else somebody else that comes into the picture that because like none of these people aside from cole they've done a really good they did a really good job in just one episode sticking cole in and actually making it feel like it A jerk thing he would do like it it actually felt pretty close to his character
3: Um, uh cole also addressed cross's biggest kind of weaknesses in that one promo which i feel like that almost gives me the thought that hey maybe they are pulling back on cross as this dominant champion because you've got cole basically and you know we'll bring it up uh what triple h on the conference call yesterday someone asked him hey you've got cole voicing the opinions of what Cross's biggest critics are saying on social media which is on a show that values the in-ring product so much your champion is a guy that is mostly spectacle and cytosuplexes his his gimmick is his manager and his entrance and a running back fist and a few suplexes. That's, that's underselling not, him. That is underselling him so but much. But Am I wrong? Like yes, That is so much of what think he is.
1: I think those Balor matches showed that that's not... It's not the certain moves. I mean, yes, there are plenty of people just in WWE who you wouldn't say have versatile or, or a ton of moves in their, really, their go-to repertoire, and yet they are, they are more than that. I, I think that's underselling what what he can do in the ring. I think he's a good in ring performer. That said, I also go like, okay, well, but they do that all the time. Like this is the reality era for a reason. Like they, mm-hmm. they address people's, I mean, we've seen it with reigns. How many times <laughs> we've seen it with Cena. Like they do that a lot. And that's smart because honestly, I thought that was a killer promo from Cole. And I thought it landed because of that. And it resonated because he was calling real criticisms from people into this, which is, then makes cross look even better. If he goes outside of some of those things you might expect, it just kind of depends on where you go with it. Um, I don't have any problem with that though. I don't think that hurts him.
3: Uh, No, it doesn't hurt him, but it it is bringing reality of, because this is, this is the first time that anybody has said, Hey cross, you're not actually as great as you keep saying you are. And the fact that that is being voiced on the show right it, i i found to be interesting and maybe it's a hey this is their their back way out of this so that we can get cross up to the main roster which is, is the biggest no-brainer you know in the company it right is now.
1: but i don't think that's i don't know i could be very i mean he hey, will move remember, there at some point
3: remember the treatment they gave keith lee around this time and last year we had him winning both of their top yeah. titles and do you and remember, remember the backlash he was going And do you remember
1: the backlash they got from it And look what that produced But I don't think that's going to stop
3: them from doing it again I
1: I think that I think that does I think that stops them from doing that that exact way I do not think having This brief of a title run For someone you've built up this long In a a short amount of time Relatively compared to Lee But like that's why it made Lee even worse They built him up even longer (laughs) It was an organic build And then you still kind of just left him for nothing in the dust and then look what they've done with him on the on raw so you know i don't think they're going to do that
3: again with this but i could be surprised i mean they could we we can't seem to agree on cross but we can i i will say this the thing with balor i don't think that's happening because i think balor's attention is getting moved to walter and now that they've now that they've confirmed that that dublin takeover isn't happening i think that is either going to happen on uk nxt or nxt proper one or the other Uh, Moving on to the rest of the card, we got the million dollar championship in a ladder match. We got Rock Hill probably picking up what should be a pretty solid win over Ember Moon. Uh, We've got a winner take all six man tag should be fun. Legato's awesome. Everybody in that match is pretty spectacular, and Bronze is going to get a big splash at some point that squishes poor Santos like a bug. But I should also move to the main roster soon. By the way. Santos. Yes, I agree. Yeah, he that, that guy that guy's more than ready to go. Um, but do, how do you feel about the show? Otherwise,
1: uh, I feel I mean, I feel it's a it's a good show. Uh, it's a good card. I, I am. You know me to the moon. I am very excited for Cameron Grimes and that million dollar championship. I have not been so hot on L.A. night. So I am looking forward to this to because, like, again, he's been involved in a lot of he doesn't really get a lot of match time. He's been involved in a lot of, oh, this person interfered. Or like, look at that. Like there, there's always something happening around the match. It's never really about just him getting in the ring mm-hmm. and taking on somebody. So I haven't really had a chance to get, get hooked and, and be impressed in that regard. So I'm hoping this really does that and it And they give them some time to actually work. And then I'll have all the fun that comes with a feud like this. Uh, I, I love that title. It's ridiculous.
3: Yeah. I'm good with it. I think it, I think that, that fits better with Cameron than it does with Knight because they, they've tried to push Knight as oh he's the super rich guy that's not really his thing he's just the, he's a loudmouth he can that, yeah. that 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 character can weave in and out of anything with Cameron it is about money and it is about just gaudiness and what is more gaudy than a title made out of bejeweled dollar signs. It's awesome. No it's awesome.
1: It's awesome. So yeah I'm I'm stoked for that. And I think uh I think this will be a good match with you know with Ember and Raquel and I I do not see the era of Raquel ending
3: any anytime soon. Not um, not until we get the Dakota match. Right. That, that, that that's that, the long
1: term cool. build. And I want to see that. And they're they've already planted seeds here and there of stuff. And I hope it goes the Sasha Bailey route. I mean, of being like something they will let breathe. They will just build that slowly but surely and then we'll we'll kind of get that. Uh, and then of wow. course Raquel will head somewhere.
3: I hope it lasts long enough until that girl behind you Tegan comes back.
1: <laughs> think, yeah baby
3: i, I can't wait to lead to yeah. um but yeah now so obviously nxt takeover full coverage this sunday but let's talk about one of the other big topics that came out of wwe this week i was on a media conference call with triple h yesterday and it got let's let's call it sassy Name dropper. I think you use the word spicy, Matthew. Add a little spice to it, Uh, (laughs) because Triple H was asked some pretty uh, some pretty interesting questions, and the answers led to big responses on social media. The first was regarding an all women's pay per view. We have seen it with Evolution before. Mickey James has announced that the NWA is doing its own version here in the future. Which is awesome Triple H did not seem as keen on the idea he argued that true equality is having men and women on featured on the show together he he made the argument that if he made an all men's pay-per-view people would get mad that that is actually the WWE did that for a while that because there was no women's division there for a hot minute but how do you feel about what he said, particularly about the concept of an all-women's pay-per-view? Uh, so,
1: number one, um, man, this is this could get very spicy. Okay, let's not <laughs> try to walk that line. All right, old grandpa. All right, so um, I let's address the all-mens pay-per-view. Um, this argument comes up a lot. And I'm not one of those people that like brings like race and everything, okay? But this argument comes up a lot when you're dealing with like characters, or, like whitewashing characters or whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like why change what's not right there? Why not create something new? And then it, and then it inevitably becomes, well, like, would you care if you did that to one of our characters? Like if you take a black character or a brown character and you make them a white character? And it's like no. And do you know why? Because the ratio's so damn skewed. <laughs> the other way, I do not care that I get one extra. You have 60. Mm-hmm. I have 4. So I it's the same thing of like it's not the same as making an all men's thing. WWE has been so heavily male skewed for almost its entire existence. So the ratio is out of balance. So that means if you give me an all women's pay-per-view like You have a lot of ground to make up before we even get close to going, oh, they're the same. They're not the same. And it's a, it's an awesome way to spotlight that. Evolution should not be looked at as the end of that. It should be looked at as the beginning.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: it slacked off in that regard. It should have been an annual thing. And it should have been something that, like, and me and Raquel talk about this <laughs> at some point, right? It should be something that is is cool. when happens because again, you have a lot of ground to make up. And there was a long time where it was two minute matches, one minute matches, bathroom breaks were, that's what women's matches were called for like forever. So like, no, you don't get to play that card yet. Now, mm-hmm. when we get there, sure. I Because I do believe that like true equality is just like, everybody should be able to absolutely. But until that ratio ever gets to where it should actually be, no, you don't you don't get to pull that card because that card is BS. So that's how I feel. <laughs> I,
3: I, I think you're spot on. I agree across the board. I I was worried when it happened that evolution was a PR move, because if you recall when it happened, it was right around the time that a certain Saudi Arabia event was taking place and Lo and behold, we have this all-women's show to uh, change the uh, conversation that people were having online. C- certain ex-WWE wrestlers, Mickey James, Maria Canellas, Kar- have both come out in interviews and said that officials have told them, one of whom is gone now, that Evolution did so poorly in terms of viewership, in terms of buy rates on the, ne- on the WWE network, uh, that they had no interest in doing one again. I think evolution the the wrestlers so obviously want it. Anytime either of us interview, you know, someone from the women's division, they say, Yes, we absolutely should. We this should be a cell it should be a celebration of how far the women's division has come. Because look at just how far it's come in a decade. Look at twenty eleven and look at now. And look at the depth of talent you have. We mentioned Dakota Kai earlier, and I've thought, God, who is the 10th most talented <laughs> women's wrestler on, the, on all of WWE? It's probably her. And that's nuts because she's Be, fantastic. Because
1: H's comments about like, because part of that was also right. The best in the world mm-hmm. division that that women's division is phenomenal. There's
3: yeah. so much talent. And if you, you have division. the best in the world, show it show it off. Like you just had a WrestleMania main event with two women. They have a whole show dedicated to that. You got enough pay-per-views as it is. I, right. I I see no downside to doing it, which is what makes the argument so frustrating. And I see how many women are pushing for it with and with, within and outside of the company. Right. I it's say, go no, for it. It's no
1: brainer, man. It just, it but, just boggles my mind.
3: Okay. But let's get to the other thing. Let's get to Triple H was asked basically about NXT's confused identity. And it is that NXT used to be just considered the developmental territory, it was the AAA to the Major League Baseball. And now it is somewhere in the middle. You've got guys that will only stay in NXT, you've got guys that have openly said they don't want to go to the other rosters. But then you've got but then you've always got still the ticking clock on so many wrestlers, on Io Shirai, on Karrion Cross, on Finn Balor, where the question is always popping up. And it's where do they go next? When do they make the jump to Raw or SmackDown? So then Triple H said he is frustrated with fans who essentially sabotage the product for themselves. By being so focused on where, what is the next step? Where does this person go next? What is the next storyline? Where What is the direction this is all going? And he says simply, just watch it. And don't worry too much about comparing it to other shows. Hint, hint, AEW. Don't worry about the, the overall creative direction. He says, just watch it. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. That also got quite a reaction on social media, Matt. How did you feel about that one? Well, I'm going to keep my my response tight because
1: I do want to make sure we, we get to our, to our interview. Yeah. We have so much wrestling, which is amazing. It's awesome. Uh, what I will say is, um, I there is a there is a kernel of truth to sometimes, and we talked about it earlier. Uh, see what I did? Synergy. I, I teased it, right? So when we, we talked about, let's take WandaVision, for instance. It's a perfect example. We talked about so many theories, and there were so many things written about, like, oh my god, that little star in the corner could be whats this face and it's the thing! And then we spun mm-hmm. all these things out, and then when it's not that, because it was almost 90% sure not going to be that, <laughs> <It was not laughs> then, then you're disappointed. But you're not disappointed by anything that necessarily the creators or whatever outrightly did. They were they some of them were some of them were red herrings, obviously to kind of get you pointed in the right direction. And those you can criticize necessarily like, oh well, you teased me to be this and it wasn't that. But all the other stuff, not necessarily. And so that's not necessarily the show's fault. That's sort of your own because it's something you spun in your brain or someone else spun and then you endorse, right? So there is a there is a kernel of that when you when you read all the different sites and some Mm -hmm. some things turn out to be true. Some things don't. You can't get yourself wound up.
3: There is such a thing as over speculation.
1: There is. Now, that said, that's a very, very, very small part of that. And Mm -hmm. honestly, this just comes off as a little there's a little frustration there, it seems Uh, just from... That's just what that comes off as, because it's like, I'm sure they get asked about it a lot. It comes off more like that, because I don't think... That's just not the age we live in. That's not the... the, People are always going to do that about any show. So WWE, like Raw, and SmackDown, and NXT are all shows. You know, Mm -hmm. they're telling storylines and spending So it's, you know, and it's tied to real life in a way none of those other shows are, right? So it's just... It's going to happen. You got to embrace yeah. that part. You can't get so angry about that. But that's my.
3: Take. I, I, so wrestling, whenever I explain it to somebody and then I say, oh, it's it's a soap opera for men. It's the easiest way to explain it. People instantly get what I'm talking about. It's, it's a violent soap opera. And what do soap operas have? They have storylines. They have characters. They have narratives. Drama. If, you're ju- if you're just <laughs> watching for in-ring action. You can get it in so many different companies all the time, every day. I can send you to websites where they just have an, an everlasting feed of shows from the past and the present. They're all over. There's so much wrestling to consume. So why do you get invested? The same reason you get invested in any story. You want to see where it goes. You 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 want to invest in a, in a story, in a show, in a book, in a movie that has... A narrative that you care about, characters that you care about, and the assumption that the ending will be satisfying in some way. That, that's simple understanding of the concept of what a story is. So to get in, to, to get frustrated with people that go, well, where does this character go next? That's what anybody who was watching Breaking Bad was asking. There's nothing wrong with that. That's that's you absorbing a narrative, is the question of what happens next. Or how does this end? So I, I I get the frustration of over, you know, analyzing right. and getting way too hyped up on something that might not happen. But you also can't get mad at people for being excited about wanting to invest in characters and wanting to see where those characters go and what they do, who they interact with and what happens.
1: Exactly. Just that simple. Agreed completely agree i think uh think look at us lacking minds right there um all right so of course you can check out all of our coverage on in your house right here on comicbook.com but we have a treat uh so to close out the show uh i got to talk a little bit to nxt women's champion raquel gonzalez and uh let's roll it you are at comicbook.com here with you and today you don't care about me today you are here for nxt women's champion raquel gonzalez how are you
0: I'm doing fabulous. Thank you, Matt, for having me today.
1: Oh, of course, of course. And that, does that that has that gotten old? That still doesn't get old, right?
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny because even still thinking about it, I it's been like sixty something days, and I I still can't wrap my head around it. Sometimes,
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. Do you? Because I'm curious. Um, you know, we've seen like how uh, WWE has like all the different championship brains and things like that kind of laid out. Uh, so you can see, do, do you pay attention to that? Do you not? Do you kind of push it out and like, no, I'm just gonna keep doing my thing and I'm not gonna worry about that? Like, what is kind of the approach there?
0: Yeah, I, I love to see it and acknowledge it and be like, yes, but I also know that like I I have a target on my back. So I I constantly am trying to keep doing what I do best, and that is dominate and work on, focus on dominating. And so if I can just keep my head in, at that level and not let it go, you know, any higher or any bigger, then then we're going to be good.
1: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, you know, of course, uh NXT takeover in your house is this weekend, uh which is one of my favorite shows that NXT does. I'm a sucker for retro stuff. I love the nostalgia and, the, and it's great, right? Um, you'll yeah. be taking on Ember Moon uh in the title match. And you know, there's been some bad blood uh kind of especially over the last few weeks. You know, do you feel that if you, you know, defeat her, does that kind of close You know, the the chapter on her, are you kind of like kind of ready to move on to, you know, new opponents or maybe even other returning opponents, so to speak? How do you look at that, um, this matchup for you guys?
0: A hundred percent. I see this matchup as me shutting Ember Moon up because enough is enough. You know, she's like this constant bug that just doesn't know when to quit. And it started when from her return through all throughout the Dusty Classic. And even after Dakota and I became the inaugural NXT Women's Tag Champions, like how rude was it for her and Shafi to just be like, excuse me, we want to challenge you guys tonight. They didn't even give us an opportunity to hold those titles for more than an hour. To to say that I've had it up to here with Ember is saying the least. I am completely and just utterly ready for Sunday because I have so much pent up aggression that I am just going to unleash on her. So, I mean, we'll Good luck to her, I guess. That's the best thing I can say to her. (laughs) But yes, this Sunday is definitely going to be an opportunity for me to just close this chapter with her, close the book, let her know that, yes, Raquel Gonzalez is the most dominant woman in NXT, and she is definitely not going to change that.
1: Well, and you know, of course, we have to address that. Uh, just this week on on NXT, there was a uh, it was a little a little there was a moment there was a locking of eyes, so to speak, uh, between the returning Io Shirai, who you defeated to take that championship. Uh, you know, one I guess is the rematch option available. Is that something you would be open for to giving her that rematch? And do you also feel that like once, if you were to give her that you know, that chapter is closed. Like you really feel like, okay, I've, we I have said all I need to say and done it in actions.
0: Yes. A hundred percent. I would totally give Io another opportunity at the title because she deserves that. She's earned that. She is arguably the best woman's wrestler in the world. And she was also, a, a, she held the title for a very long period of time, almost a year, if I'm not mistaken, she definitely deserves a rematch. Um, and to say that, you know, from that moment, when I, took the title from her to now have I grown have I learned I definitely have I've already defended it once against Mercedes Martinez who as well comes with a lot of experience and now I'm going to defend it against Ember Moon who is a veteran in this business for most of us and I I understand that I've only been on the scene for over a year and these women have been doing this for triple the amount of time that I have but it doesn't say anything less about my my title defense and my reign because I am an opponent that none of them were ready for and none of them could probably ever get ready for. There's something different about me and that is that I dominate and I do whatever it takes and if Eo wants another opportunity, yes, I will give that to her. Will it close the chapter after I beat her again? Possibly, but I always look forward to more opportunities in the future of working with these women because they are great. They're amazing, talented women that that keep me on my toes. And I like that. I like the competition. I like, you know, the different styles that they bring to the ring and it, it makes me a better, better champion.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, and you mentioned in in that, uh, in talking about that, like, you know, maybe the experience is different, you know, they, they've been doing it longer, but you know, you've showed out and like, you've showed like what you are capable of and, you know, you've done it, right? You've you've delivered uh, in this time. So do you feel like you're still underestimated a little bit when it comes to that? Like, do people still kind of compare those resumes or have you seen kind of a movement to be like, okay, you know, like, we got to give it to her.
0: <laughs> yes. I definitely see people uh look at me and think, you know, okay, maybe she just got lucky or maybe it's just because she's just strong. Um, and I, I can see them trying to make that assumption about me before they even step into the ring with me and not realizing that, you know, I have a few tricks up my sleeve as well. Yeah, strength plays a big key component into my style, but there's other stuff that I can do and other, other things that I haven't shown the wrestling world yet and shown my opponents yet. And that's something that I like to keep in my back pocket and only use if and when necessary. And so until these women are willing to bring that out of me they'll never know
1: (laughs) break open in case of emergency
0: exactly everyone needs
1: that yeah everyone needs that um you know it was it's funny because uh wwe recently i believe it was wwe posted a kind of side by side of you know an early photo of you uh kind of in an earlier uh you know gear and things like that and kind of that older look and then you now Right. And it's like holding the title and everything. So it's such a, you know, a contrast. But, you know, I remember when people kind of brought up Becky to Becky Lynch, kind of the the green look. Right. That she had when she first <laughs> debuted in, in NXT. And they're like, you know, do you look like badly upon that? Like, do you kind of get a kick out of it? And she was like, no, I mean, I, I kind of look fondly of it. I still appreciate it, even though I can also appreciate kind of where I am now. Do you, you know, how do you look at that? that older when you see those those photos and things like that of you. Do you can you still appreciate some of it or do you kind of like, I'm so glad that chapter is done?
0: No, 100 percent. I appreciate it because, uh, you know, when I won the title at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, uh, Triple H actually reminded me of a story of when I was actually supposed to have my debut, which was a year before my actual debut was um, when NXT went live on USA Network for the first time I was going to have my debut. And that day I showed up ready to go and they told me, you know what? You're not ready. This is not your time. This is not your moment. It will come. And I think it's, it's looking at those side by side images and, and remembering that story and remembering all of that, that kind of keeps that fire burning within me and, and lighting that fire under me, because I have gone through a transformation, not just physically and not just what you see, but mentally, I have gone through so much to get to where I am right now. And it, it makes me just want more. And it makes me just want to fight more to keep proving that to people like Ember Moon, who wants to assume that I'm just got lucky or I'm just strong. I didn't just get lucky. Yes, I'm strong, but that's not all that there is here. I have gone through a transformation that nobody could really understand, or unless, you know, unless they were put in the situation. And that's something that I'm very appreciative of. So when I see these images, it, it reminds me that yes, you know what? I earned this opportunity. I earned this title and I earned the position that I'm in right now. And I'm not going to just lay down and let someone else walk over me or take that. That is not Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel Gonzalez got here because of the fire within her and because of the fight within her. And she's going to keep that.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's funny. Uh, That is no more apparent than in uh, one of my favorite recent segments of it's between, it was between you and Dakota and Ever Rise. Uh, and it is the uh, sucker punch, <laughs> if you will, of of that segment. I number one, I, it was just enjoyable anyway, uh, because of the combination. But also, I feel like that is the biggest smile I've seen <laughs> from you in in punching him. I, I've never seen someone get sheer so much sheer joy out of unleashing a punch there, like on camera. So um, one, was it a sucker punch? because I (laughs) don't really think it, I don't know if it can be if someone asked for it, but okay, it wasn't a sucker punch. And two, would you and Dakota be open to taking them on at some point, putting it all on the line in the map?
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, after that segment, I think I even tried to, I told a few people that I was like, hey, you know what, if they're, he asked for it, you're right. He did ask for it. So I gave him what he asked for. (laughs) And if they want the opportunity, I mean, we want the opportunity. I'm asking for it whenever they're ready. And they want to step into the ring. I think both Dakota and I would be happy to give them a couple more sucker punches or maybe some boots to the face. Like, like Ember too, you know, they, they like to do a lot of this and someone's got to make them do this. And if that someone is me, then so be it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Um, You know, and speaking of, uh, you know the tag picture and Dakota you know while you've been you know defending your NXT championship and you're about to again uh against Ember Moon you know it's also like you 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 guys have been also kind of dabbling in the tag team scene a little bit uh you know you've had a match uh to try and and take those out of someone's hands and get those back you know is that something that's kind of uh is it a priority is it is it not is that something maybe Dakota is kind of You know, pushing for what is your approach to that? Because obviously the NXT Women's Championship, I would assume, would come first.
0: 100%. The NXT Women's Championship does come first, but the women's tag titles are still something that is on our minds because it almost feels like something that was unfinished business for us. You know, we only got to hold those titles for an hour and we were the first ever to hold them for an hour. And thinking about it as well, you know, we made history in becoming the first women's tag team to win the Dusty. And then we also made history being the first women's NXT champion tag team champions. So I wouldn't be opposed to making this my next priority and being Raquel Gonzalez, NXT two time, you know, two belts, Raquel Gonzalez, because that would be a first (laughs) and I would be making more history. Um, So it is something that both Dakota and I have discussed. It's something that is on both of our minds. But you're right. The NXT Women's Championship is first and will always come first. Um, but the tag titles, yes, it is in the scene, it is in the picture, and it is something that we're keeping an eye on.
1: Raquel Two Belts does have a does have a nice ring to it. Does, right? It does, does like, have
0: a, like, that's like no dos.
1: Oh man. Um, you know, and you can even trace some of the bad blood too, like like you've mentioned, uh, from Ember and Shotzi, uh, to those tag that tag team feud, you know, for For Ember, because of what happened with Shotzi kind of taking her out of commission, um, and then those titles, do you feel like this, because like there's been recent talk of like, this is a kind of like fired up Ember Moon. This is a fired up Ember Moon that actually, like a lot of people haven't seen since she returned. And that's the Ember Moon you're facing this time. Do you kind of feel a little responsible for kind of igniting that flame is a kind of make this match all the better because you're, because you're facing an even upgraded level of this person. And if you take her down, that means, you know, does that make that accomplishment much more sweet? Does that make that sweeter?
0: Yes. And yes. And I will take full responsibility for lighting this, you know, igniting this Ember moon and making her all fired up. And stuff. I will take full responsibility for that. And it makes me even more excited about Sunday because I know that she's going to come out here and she's going to give it her all. And so when I do pin her one and I retain my title, it is going to make it that much sweeter, that much more, like just better because I will know that I shut down Ember moon, but I shut down the Ember moon that everyone sees as getting all fired up and and you know balls are flying and it's going to be it's going to be that much better i can't wait
1: um you know one of the the things about those tag titles was that they were kind of robbed from you initially you know the actual tag team championships <laughs> were in your grasp and then you know raw general managers come in and start messing with things and then it goes you know it goes crazy so then of course we get the NXT women's tag team championships and likewise, there's a little bit of, you know, people have kind of been wondering like, where is evolution? Like, where is the second evolution? Like it, it made such an impact the first time around and people were, were excited to see that kind of become a recurring thing. And then for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. So looking at kind of the pattern, does NXT kind of get ahead of it and go, well, we're not going to wait. And would, would you want to see an NXT version of evolution where it's literally just a women's focused pay-per-view and and do you think NXT could support
0: it? 100% you know we've had so many new recruits to the performance center recently um and a, a good handful of them have been women of different talents different backgrounds coming from all over the circuit I think we could support that and I think that's a great idea I've never actually pictured that in my head but having a full NXT women's evolution and you know the first evolution it was around that time too, where I wasn't ready yet. So I didn't get to participate in it. And watching my friends, you know, Dakota, Rhea, Baynata, all of them go to evolution and get to participate in this history making moment. It made me want to have that opportunity too. And to think that it could happen on NXT and have a full on only women's NXT pay-per-view that would be, I mean, just exciting. I I would love to see that. And of course, if I retain my title and it's anytime soon, I would be main eventing that. So, yes. Right.
1: Man, like it's just all the all the breadcrumbs, man. Hey, black and gold. The black and gold is always ahead. It's always ahead. And that's and that's a good thing. Um, Well, uh, you know, I thank you so much. I know you were crazy busy. So thank you so much for setting uh, some time aside to talk to us. And of course, uh, you can catch all of our coverage on TakeOver in your house right here on comicbook.com which hits this weekend so uh get pumped follow us and of course check out the match and all the best success on what's to come Raquel
0: thank you so much Matt thank you for having me no problem
2: there was that abrupt ending I thought we were gonna get a little bit more out of that ending music chance to get scared again but here we are (laughs) Thank you for tuning in. If you're still here watching, that was Matt's excellent interview with Raquel Gonzalez, NXT women's champion. We're looking forward to NXT takeover happening this weekend. Everything will be covered by our exceptional comic book.com wrestling team. Somebody's leaving the door. Like somebody's out of here. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been comic book nation. New episodes are now on Fridays. Every Friday. <laughs> At 12 noon Eastern So kick off your weekend or catch us over the weekend If you want to watch the live show It's live at 12 noon Eastern on Fridays On Twitch, Facebook and YouTube If you missed a live show You can watch it on any of those platforms afterwards Or if you just want to take some time over the weekend Download the podcast audio We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify iHeartRadio Or tell any smart device to play Comic Book Nation Podcast And it'll get fired up for you I want to thank my co-hosts Janelle, Matt, and our guest, Connor Casey, for being here for this uh, epic show today, our first return to Fridays. And if you guys like the show, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on the at comic book Twitch page. I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Matt Aguilar CB.
4: I am at Janelle Wheeler.
3: And I am at Connor Casey CB. No more underscoring. Yay!
2: Getting more official by the minute. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys again for tuning in and making the jump to this variant timeline on Friday. We hope to see you guys next week. Peace. Bye, guys. (laughs)